Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to Conversation with Carol. I'm with a great guest, somebody that was at Maryland when I was just incoming, and he was the guy that really set the standard for what you need to do to, to be a great player in the NFL as well as being a great player in college as, as also a great person. I'm with former first-round pick, former defensive rookie of the year, all-pro, pro bowler, Sean Merriman. Sean, my brother, OG, appreciate you being on here, man, and gracious with your presence, bro. No, I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, it's been it's been a while. I've been waiting to come on here and uh, just seeing what y'all doing everything from a distance, man. I, I appreciate you having having me on. Definitely, man. Likewise, and, and just want to get into it, man. I, I just see what you've been doing, what you've been creating, and it's great because I'm I'm in that same realm as far as like having an idea and just putting it on paper, and then you got you got to show people. You really got to prove what you're doing. Similar like playing football and. I want to get into to lights out MMA extreme fight man. It's just something that, you know, when I, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, I was I was interested just with the whole production, how you built it, and and what you're really doing. Could you just dive into it more and explain just how your love of it came to fruition and how you're able to just build it how you have it now? Yeah, man. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, growing up in PG and in DC around the time that I grew up, like you had to learn how to fight, right? Like you, you just, you know, you light skin, you, you know, you're a little kid, you're an athlete, and so you know, the neighborhoods I grew up with, you, you gotta, you gotta defend yourself because you always gonna be tried. But um, I, you know, I had professional boxers. My uncle was was a professional boxer. I had boxers around me, championship boxers that were kind of my neighborhood all the time. So I naturally grew up around fighters. Um, and I got drafted by the Chargers in 2005. And what happened was, is I was terrible with my hands, right? Use my hands and, and be as outside linebacker, that's, that's like number one, being yeah. able to do that. But I was, I was bad. And so, um, a friend of mine at, at Fox Sports, Jake Glazer said, um, yo, I knew you grew up boxing. Cause I was still in there boxing, doing my thing, whatever. But I think MMA would help you know, your football and being a better pass rusher. So I was like, cool. So that that initially got me into MMA. I started training with Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, all these all these fighters. And then in a the flip, they would come to my football games. I would give them tickets. So they, they were, you know, That's I was dope. like, dude, I, I'll yeah. give you whatever tickets y'all want. Y'all come <laughs> on the field, do whatever. But during the offseason, I'm trying to get some work. Uh, so that's how I, I became, you know, just involved with the sport from the start. And then fast forward, I started doing it every all season. Um, I retired in 2013, and I got right into TV, NFL Network, Fox Sports, ESPN, and back to Fox Sports. So what happened was it was that that love and passion from the sport of MMA and then also understanding how TV works because I was at the time I was writing and helping write certain shows um, for these networks and, and, and segments and different stuff. So I said, okay, cool. I would find out, you know, how production works, what cameras was what, you know, on and out of breaks, the viewership numbers. Like I was just, I was into it, bro. Like everything that was, at, I'm like a 12 year old kid who was just sitting around asking all these questions, <laughs> gotcha. and they would always ask, "Say, dude, like, why are you, 
this is like in 2014, 15. Like, why are you asking so many questions? You know, and I'm like, I'm just getting this information because I wanted it. And so that that's how the, the two kind of parallel into each other, right? Having love of the sport MMA in general, um, and then understanding TV and, and I launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting in 2000, into 2018, beginning of 2019. Um, and right now we're on football sports, football TV. We just, um, finished up our, our ninth fight of with football. And I just got word back literally about a couple hours ago that we, we broke into, we were top 10 before, after our fight in January. We just broke into the top five. Most watched, and this is the same day yeah, that you know the, the uh, Lakers were playing. UFC yeah. was on. Canelo was fighting. Kentucky Derby had just went off, and so uh, you know everybody told me I was crazy for having that time. So I said it's going to work, and it and it did. So um, I, it's it's just like you know with us, man. We just we're natural workers with discipline. With yeah. athletes, we're the most disciplined people walking on the, on this earth, and. Most people can't even understand that the discipline for the long period of time since we're 10, 11, 12 years old of being stuck to a schedule and sticking to it. Um, and it kind of just everything just translated for me, you know, pretty, pretty well. That's dope, man. I, I congratulations on that. Yeah, cause that's, yeah. that's big to, to, to be able to be in that space and just create it the way you you've done it. It's, it's, I mean, shoot props to you, man, honestly, cause it's something more and more and more people got to hear now, as far as, creating it, what were some of the hurdles that you had to go through initially to really get this to where it is right now, where people are finally seeing the end product of, of MMA, the lights out MMA uh, league? Well, I think one of the biggest things is um, I was, you know, I'm fortunate to have the platform because we play in the biggest stage there is in this country, which is in the NFL. And so I have that platform, that following um, where I can go and promote freely on any network, station, podcast, anywhere I need to be. So that always helps when you're growing the brand because we don't spend any money in marketing. Yeah. I think the other flip side of that is, you know, we, we have like this stigma as like former athletes, man, that um, people can't fathom that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing on my own. You know, there's no investment. There's no money behind me. We're beating, you know, promotions and leagues that raise 50, 100 plus million dollars. We're smashing them. Mm-hmm. And so... I think the it's like the gift and the curse of, okay, I can get just about any meeting I need to. I can get in front of anybody I need to. But there's also a stigma that this guy, ain't no way in hell he's doing this by himself because he's a former athlete or he, he just, you know what I'm saying, couldn't figure it out because most people can't fathom running a, you know, a, pro, a production, promotion, a league of this magnitude by myself, yeah. right? And um you know, so like I said, that's that's probably one of the hurdles. And two, there's a lot of competition out there. We 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 looked at we look at ourselves as a as a platform for UFC or something like that. We know that these fighters want to get an opportunity to go and, and fight on that level. Um, so we we understand there's other promotions and competition out there. But uh, Marty Schottenhammer told me one one uh, thing a long time ago that always stuck with me. It's like, don't matter what they do. It's just perfecting what we do and be great at what we do and we'll be fine. And that's that's kind of always been my mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know some of the great promotions and other things going on out there. We're we just not any concern with that. We're just trying to be great uh, and the best of what we're doing over at Lights Out. Bet. Bet. I like that. Now, I kind of want to go back into your playing days because, man, I, I remember my first year. This was your first year in the league. This is my first year in Maryland. And they would put on Chargers games. And I remember just... Uh, it was ridiculous the way you just came in and just start 
doing the crazy stuff and just three sacks a game, like you sacking Peyton Manning and it, people's like, hold up, like this is this a rookie doing all this stuff? And, you know, for a stretch of three years, you you the sack king, like you just the leader in, in what you was doing. And then, you know, unfortunately you had injuries, you know, those next three years. Can you kind of explain how that was as far as the adversity and what, what you went through as a mentality? Because I didn't, I didn't really talk to you during that stretch, but I could just tell like people just jabbing at you, people talking bad about you because you're trying to overcome it. You're trying to get second opinions. They're trying to rush you back. Just kind of talk about that mentality of overcoming and being able to, one, get back on the field, but then also, two, being able to transition like you've done and continue to just go and climb higher. Yeah, well, you know, the – yeah, the crazy thing is, um, you know, so when I was at Maryland, I played this Leo position with like a stand-up outside yeah. linebacker that was a, over a six technique in a in a two-point stance. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, that. and I was telling everybody, I said, yo, you got to be a whole man to do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's like, yeah. you know, putting your hand in the dirt, but you ask somebody to rush from a two-point stance in a six, in a six technique, right? It's yeah. like, it's unheard of even, you know, to do that. So what happened was um, when I got to the league, the NFL is, is mainly about playmakers, right? They want you to go out and make plays. And I was fortunate to walk in the, in the locker room with, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, my coach, head coach, Wade Phillips as a D coordinator. Um, we had uh, Greg Manuski, who's a, our linebacker coach and assistant coach, John Pagano. Like, that was his staff. Oh, dang, yeah. And so when I got in, they looked at me, they saw me, like, running around and doing this and said, man, look, we need you to line up and go get the quarterback. And I said, hold on, there's no you know, six-point, <laughs> yeah, putting my exactly. hand in the dirt, taking on them double teams, like nothing. You just want me to – I said, that's it. That's what y'all want me to do. This is my real question. And I had a problem, you know, learning the playbook coming in. And so they all – after they seen me the first couple of days of practice, they knew I could make plays. They brought me into the room, and they uh, the coaches, Wade Phillips, Marty, all of them, they said, look, look, we, we need you to go out and just turn our – you know, help our defense and turn this thing around. Uh, we want you to see ball, go ball. It's what they told me. Uh-huh. And so I didn't really have a playbook uh, for like the first quarter of the season, probably not to the first half of the season. They said, look, just we just want you to line up in this seven, tight, wide, nine, whatever it is, and we want you to go make plays. Oh, snap. I said, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's way different than I had to do in Maryland. And yeah. so that's, you know, kind of why I, I jumped out the way I did because it became easy for me, easier that I was able to make plays. Nice, nice man. Yeah, that w- that makes more sense now because that legal position we had it in Maryland after you left, and needless to say, ain't nobody really did what you do. If, if anything, it was so confusing for guys. You couldn't have a guy rush and drop. They didn't understand both concepts. So yeah, you revolutionized that, and then we ended up just taking it out because we we said we. You know why they took it off? You know why they took it off? Because they seen me after my first year. Right. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember talking to Al Seamerson, the you know, linebacker yeah, coach, yeah, all yeah. the coaches there. They seen what I can do my rookie year and they scrapped it. You know, I think you guys had like Trey Covington with Trey Covington there around Trey, the same yeah, time as some Trey, of the other yeah. guys. And I said, yo, if I said if they um if you if they allowed me to do this in college, I would have broke every record there was in in, in the NCAA <laughs> history. Because nice, I was nice, like, that bro. that I could do, I can get out of the quarterback. It's just that you guys asked me to take on, you know, a tight end that's 260 plus pounds and a two point stance in six, in, you know, in a, in a, in a six tech. And so I got to the league, man. I said, you know, they, they basically took the leash off me and said, hey, we want you to go out and make plays. And that's that's kind of what I did. There you go. Yeah, because we ain't getting no production after you left. 
Like it was, it was non-existent, bro. Like we was coming for like eight or nine seconds, dog. So it was, it was non-existent. This is Big East too, right? No, it was ACC. No, he played in out of ACC. Yeah, it was all ACC, right? Oh yeah, he was all ACC. Oh yeah, so he Miami, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson. You playing? They had you in the six technique while you were standing up playing a triple option. Yeah, come on, bro. Bro, it was. I'm telling you, man. It was. It was unbelievable. You know, I tell people nowadays. I said, dude. You gotta be a you gotta be as strong as an ox. Yep. Fact, like I will go one-on-one pass rush against our our left tackle. Um we had Stefan Hyatt who was there, who's a who was a dog, who's yeah, a beast. Yeah. I'll go with him one-on-one, but I'll have to go run with Vernon Davis and one-on-one out of a mm. six technique and run with Vernon. Yo, nah. I said, listen, by the time I got to league, this was cake. This wasn't <laughs> nothing, you know. <laughs> now I can just nice. go play. That's facts. Man. Vernon was tight and running four three. Bro, I, so I, I took a visit to with Freezing. So you play with Freezing? Yeah, I man. I just remember watching. I'm like, Maryland was the biggest team I've seen in my life. And <laughs> he was one of them. <laughs> the first time I, I met him, it was actually, I, I came for the summertime and I went to the academic center and Tasha was up in there. Natasha, and she's like, Yeah, Sean's about to come up in here. And I, at first, I didn't really know. Like, I yeah, went on yeah. defense side, I was on the offensive side. I remember he was coming through the academic center, he had to open both doors. Just to get through. <laughs> yeah, man, bro. I'm like, I can imagine. I'm like, yeah, there ain't, ain't no way. Like, how you am I going to play with these, bro? I'm like, nah, there's, if I get hit, bro, like, ain't no way. But I will say this the, the one thing that I remember when I first met you was that same day when I was in the academic center, you ran the stadium stairs. Like, you ran all the stairs, like, even the top row. And when I was in there just with her, she's like, yeah, this is what you got to do if you want to be a first round pick. Like, if you want to go to the league. You got to do this stuff. And she she mentioned to me, she's like, yeah, he weighs 270 right now. I'm like, he's weighing 270, running, like, not just kind of jogging. Like, he's sprinting, going back down, Staying sprinting, like, all of them. And I said, all right, yeah, this 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 the guy. And as a matter of fact, I was walking back to, because uh, I was living behind Frat Row. This is how intimidated I was, because I've seen him the first time. He pulls up, like, he's leaving. He's like, yo, you want to ride, young buck? I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. That's I'm the good. Class. Yeah, it is. Nah, I'm like, nah. yeah, I'm good. I'm good because nah. I ain't know. But no, nah, it's just that, that that mentality that you had, it really stuck with me. It was the first impression that you and, and, and Vernon, like both of you guys, just kind of just being those guys, just like, yo, hey, if you need anything, just holler at me. That was one of the things that, that stuck with me and, and kept me motivated the entire time, which was amazing, man. Honestly, at, at Maryland, you guys made Maryland like you guys. They, to this day, I went there two weeks ago just chilling, and your highlights are still going up there. Like, the standard is you guys. So, definitely, man, like, the, the stuff you've done, it, it's still the standard, So which is great. Um, kind of want to get in now to something that's more interesting, and, and Nigel kind of asked you more questions about it. It's Lights Out Agency. And I've had a couple players, like, talk to me about it and, and mention it as far as, like, what you're doing and how you're doing. I think it's interesting because this realm in this space – is not something that a lot of people know about as far as insurance and how you can protect your assets. And a lot of this show, what we're talking about is how you can protect your assets from either being a player or even just regular life. How can you do that? So just kind of tell us a little bit more about Lights Out Agency and your purpose behind it. Yeah, man, I actually got into um, the insurance business by default, you know, during the uh, pandemic. So I was living in L.A. and everything shut down. Right. The, I couldn't go in studio because I was at Fox Sports at the time. Uh -huh. uh, the MMA League was shut down. And one of my best friends is like, yo, I'm, you know, when you get a moment, take a look at this insurance thing. And at first, because I, I, I don't know of the insurance industry, a lot of people are super, super successful. But so I thought. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because all you all you know is about the shorts for me. And where we came from, it's like seeing a, a State Farm commercial, right? <laughs> or the Affleck commercial. It's like, man, okay, it's not a you know you don't understand the business, but if you look at the um, the wealth in our country and the uh, businesses and, and industries that surpassed the, the Great Depression, the, all the pandemics we've had in the last 70 years, 75 years, 100 years, insurance has been around. And so um, I say that, you know what, for one, I've always been big on like giving back. You know, you know, I had the co-drive in yeah. Maryland that's doing, exactly. you know, I've always been big at giving back. So I was like, man, how can I get into this industry? Because I have a, a pretty decent outreach already. Um not only build an agency, but we're helping families, right? Because a lot of people, when we grew up at, man, we didn't talk about uh, life insurance. It was yeah. like one of those things we just didn't talk about because it yeah. felt like you were selling death, yeah. right? Like, yeah. hey, but what we didn't understand is it's, you know, ways to protect your assets, ways to, you know, um, taxes and this, I mean, you name it. But more importantly, man, I was like, you know, I'm making money in the industry when I'm helping people. I said, you, that's that's a game changer for me. Exactly. So um, I end up, uh, with this company called Family First Life, I built an agency under them. I have 238 agents throughout the country that in my agency that I work with. Uh, we're the fastest growing, and one of the fastest growing in the company. Congratulations! And That's you know, great. because I, you know, I have a platform and I have these things. Um, I decided to bring every my sisters in the company and everybody I knew. And oh. and in fact, um, you know, back when I was just handing people out money, my you know family and friends just you know, hey, you need a couple grand here, just pay this rent. I wish I knew about this long time ago because, uh, you know, now I'm helping everybody else make money through the company and, you know, they're helping families, they protect it and doing things like that. So it's, it's one of those things we just, we just didn't talk about, man. We didn't, uh, we didn't have the knowledge and some of these financial institutes and advisors that we work with, they're never going to, you know, tell us how to build this long-term wealth yeah. and how to build something that's going to be around for 20 plus years. Uh, if they're not getting a percentage or a cut or a point off of off of your portfolio, and that's unfortunate, but you know I, I figured it out pretty pretty early um, that you have to create these things in order to sustain you know long term growth and, and wealth. Damn, that's dope. That's real dope, man. That's a game changer because just from what we've been doing, and I know I mentioned it a little bit to you about Quad A, like that's a space that. Like you said, guys think of just death, like, oh, I die, then all of a sudden my assets go to my kids. And, you, and it's in a way now where it's protecting it, but you can also leverage to help yourself as well, too, which I don't think a lot of people do do know and understand about, which is, like I said, it's game changing. I've heard from other guys just from being affiliated with what you're doing. They're excited about it because they know it now. The information that you're giving them is is, is game changing, basically. Yeah, and I... I was going to say, too, like, one of my questions is, like, I, like, I went to West Virginia, bro. So, like, I've heard you've been, the, like, you've been, like, the shredder. Of, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, so, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we've been going at it. Like, <laughs> like I done heard about you. Brother. The fact that you brought up Vernon Davis, I'm like, damn, you right. Because I played against him in 2016. Yeah, and you bro. was going against him in college. I'm like, man, yeah. oh, that's some monsters, bro. Yeah. And I'm just, like, kind of going into the business side what Nolan was just bringing up is like once you figured out how you could amass like you know what you've done through like your God-given talents and like ability how did you go about just like making the proper decisions of like you know keeping the right people around you and then sustaining like your business and like you know when yeah. you figure something out and you had that aha moment that's like you know it's crazy for everybody yeah, you know? like it's exactly. like getting your first check but like how do you 
go about like making the, you know, like you wake up the next day and like, man, I got to do it again. I got to do it again. I got to do it again. You know, like, I feel like that's like a big thing is like our younger generation, man, we miss because yeah. cats want everything right now. And, you know, you got to keep building and working through that, you know, to get to a goal. Yeah. You know, for me, it was almost like an addition by subtraction. Right. Um, and so you you got to go through it. And, and everybody wants you to have these answers. When you get all this money, you get this notoriety, you get all this stuff, whatever. Um, you, you kind of, everything happens so fast. You don't, you don't look at 10 year plan or 20 year plan. You just don't. And it's hard to, um, to even look at it that way while you have this opportunity and all this stuff in front of you right now. Um, I think, I think for me, so for example, I bought the, the name and trademarks for lights out, uh, in 2000, between 2005 and 2006. And so I, I had this nickname since I was in high school. Right. And for me, I wanted to own my name. I wanted to own, have the rights to my name, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew I wanted to own it because it was—I uh, knew it was going to be something. I just never knew what it was going to be. So I ended up uh, in two in two thousand six. I bought Lights Out from a company called PJ Side, which was a huge um, pajama company in Irvine. Mm. Uh, I think I bought it for like one hundred fifty thousand dollars when I just sitting on it because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, and that's how I got into the apparel space, right? That's Branding, right. you know, selling sure. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and things like that. Um, and so for me, I was never afraid of like asking questions. That was always my number one thing, man. I'm like, when you got access, like we got access to certain individuals, the CEOs or, or brilliant people. Hey, like, Hey man, can I get an hour with you? A half hour, whatever you got yeah. to spare. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do. You're in this, you're in this field, you're in this industry and just hit on questions. And if they're, if they're giving that answer to you for free, like you just, you're saving yourself thousands and thousands in consultant fees. Cause that's what most people yeah, charge. Yeah. But with us. We have, um, you know, we got an access that that people would just help us because we played in the NFL. They know who we are. We might be their favorite player. We might have played on their favorite team. And so you have to have the ability to be able to use that. So um, throughout the throughout the course of learning everything, I, I'm a doer, right? So I just give me the information. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna yeah. go do the shit. That was that was right. just my my yeah. answer to everything. Even when launching the league, I got around some people that that ran organizations before. That was great at production, great at doing a lot of stuff. And I said, I'm just going to do it. And I'll ask questions and figure it out along the way. Um, so that was that was kind of how I sped up the, the learning curve in every single thing that I did. Right. I just, hey, I, I, I'll call I'll call Puff when I when entertainment stuff. I'll call, you know, some of the biggest business, um, you know, entrepreneurs in the world that I had access to and say, I don't care where you at. I'll fly across the country. You know, give me whatever time you have if you got the time to do it. And I sit down with him. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. still, I, I still do it. That's I don't have, yeah. you know, dude, I, I don't have, dude, I'm running a, you know, a kind of a, a, a bigger organization. We're on live TV. Live TV is the scariest shit to be on because it, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff that can happen. And so yeah. we, we, I look back on it now when I, when I'm doing and like, for example, when you know, we play in the league and we get there on Sunday, you got all these or Sunday night, whatever, you got these big cameras and the smokes and the things flying across the, you know, I look on it now and said, man, this is a big operation. This is a big deal, right? Yeah, no yeah. me knowing the industry now. Um, but even then I was asking questions, man. I was just always been one of the guys that was uh that was asking a lot of questions and wasn't f- afraid of somebody saying no, or they, you know, what what's the worst gonna happen? They just give me the information that they don't. But whatever information I got, I, I was always willing to get up and just go put in the work regardless. Just get up. Um, I, I think being Consistent is better than being great. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're consistent all the way through, you know, you're bound to be successful yeah, yeah. at some point because you're yeah. just gonna keep chopping at the block over and over again. If you do it long enough, you know, sometimes it takes months, sometimes it takes years. I mean, you know, I I bought lights out the, the trademark and the name back in 2006. You know, when I launched in 2019, right? Dang. So, yeah. you know, just just thinking the consistency you have to have for that long period of time, and I think that sometimes that we we miss. We miss that as a you know culture. We miss that as whatever because people are like I I had a great week. I'm gonna go out and get lit, right? I'm gonna go to the bar. I'm gonna go to the club. Whatever. I had a great week. And I said, dude, this should take several months, several yeah. years, some time to get to that platform. So yes, yeah, celebrate your small victories always, but don't forget that you're not even nowhere close to where you need to be. So it's just about keeping that same momentum and, and staying consistent throughout the process. Definitely. No, yeah. it's true, man. And on that note, because that's right, because people need to hear that, that the process takes a while and you can't be great overnight. Everybody says overnight success takes about 10 to 12 years before you can really call yourself that. So, yeah, everything that you do, man, definitely is, is is motivation for a lot of people out there, especially former athletes that are trying to be in that space that you're doing, trying to do great things. They, they just don't know how to do it. So it's it's great that you're that leading example and you've put yourself out there to be that guy and being courageous. So. Definitely appreciate you coming on and you're giving us yes, words sir, of wisdom and, and giving us tidbits, man, because, shoot, every every time I talk to a guest, I always take something that's going to help me out. And definitely what you've been saying and, and from example, like I said, from 05 to even now, just the way you've always been an example every single year, man. It's 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 great to know that you know, I was able to at least share a locker room partly with you and, and just see how you've been performing and the stuff you've, you've done transitioning off the field, too. So definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, good looking out, man. And like I said, no, same here, man. Thanks for having me. And then you know, it's this thing roll on. I'd love to come back on and kind of just open the doors too to some of you guys' guests or questions y'all might have. And, and and it's a lot of, um, you know, when you talk about live TV, you talking about sponsorships and commercial space and in entertainment production. Uh, it's there's so many different tentacles to this game, man. So anytime you guys have somebody on, the more questions, I'm always open to just to lend information because. I would not be here in this situation where I'm at right now if somebody didn't give me the information. So I, I always look to pass something on that somebody else may be doing because without that, man, it's, it's no real, it's no really moving forward. That's fact. That's the same thing on this end. We got, yeah. like I was telling you before, we got some stuff that should we just want to bring to the table to help you out just to broaden everything that you're doing, man, because this, this thing works both ways. Like you help us. We're trying to help you, too, because Shoot, at the end of the day, we all share the locker room in some way, shape, or form, and we know how it is to be a team. So, shoot, we here too, man. Got to provide value, man. My, my, Much I just got one it. last question. Yeah, like, thanks, fellas. If yeah. there was one thing that you could tell, like, you know, younger guys that like what you're doing, you know, from even from the insurance perspective, because I think that, like, information is just so vast nowadays and it's over flooded. But, like, like you said it, man, like, it's very, very true that athletes are one of the very few professions that we do it for. 10, 15, 20 years, even yeah. cats that do it for four or five years, they've done something that most people just nowadays because of the landscape or whatever. Is there like a piece of advice you would give a cat that's coming into like, you know, wealth or yeah. like, you know, coming into this world where they're going to get notoriety, money, and it could easily be gone from, you know, a slip of a hat. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I know you got, you have ways to kind of, I guess questions is like a great thing. If you're asking questions, you're going to figure stuff out. But is there like a, you know, quick boilerplate or something that you would say to younger guys. Yeah, I, I think that the number one thing, to be honest, is first of all, take take your time. You don't have to do everything overnight. Mm -hmm. um, 
before you put your step forward to anything, get as much information as you possibly can before you do it. And the last thing is, is, is your surroundings of who you're around, right? Um, we, we got, like I said before, we got a lot of access and whether that's social access, whether that's capital a- access, you know, people open up the doors for us. We, so we already got a, a, a step ahead of most people walking this planet because of what we've done in our background. And now you have to just go through with the, with the right game plan and information and you can really, really hit a home run, man. And I try to, you know, yeah, you got some couple swings at the bats and stuff. You got to do it to get to the next step. But it, it's at a certain point in time that, you know, because of this access that we have, we can take, you know, we can take them big swings and we can get it far ahead. You just have to have, and it's another thing too, man. Um, you know, a lot of guys kind of struggle finding their way. And I and I had plenty of shit lined up when I got done. Mm-hmm. TV and apparel, and I had all this stuff ready yeah. to go. And it'd be some days I get all set, man. Like, yo, this is is this it for real? You know, yeah. for me, like this is it because I didn't we didn't have that locker room anymore. They wouldn't have that um, mm-hmm. you know, just that regiment that we always carried for how many years we played. Yeah. But the second the second you find that passion that you have after any big hit or any big play or running out in that tunnel, it's over. Yeah, It's over because we're already, like I said before, we're the most dedicated people walking and disciplined people walking to this earth. Mm-hmm. And then once we get something that gives us that little bit of passion that we have, whatever we did on that field uh, or, or other athletes court, whatever their profession was, we are extremely dangerous out here because most people fail starting out anything is because they have no discipline and dedication. Yep. So no matter what, we can fail and then we coming back the next day like, hey, I'm I'm gonna get it right this time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we don't hang our hat yeah. on things because we've all dealt with injury. We all dealt with being cut, traded, released, mm-hmm. having to stomach all of that and then go back out and find another way. And you know, any any athlete just trying to make that transition, you find that passion that that just gives you that I want to get up in the morning and do something. The rest is history because we got everything else already. Yeah. Right. We already have everything else that everybody else is lax when they start off. You know, a lot of people get disciplined and dedicated when they start to get older. We got it in our system. We got it in our spirit. We wake up every single morning. Yeah. So then you start to find a passion with that information that you find out in your career and what you're doing. We are we are dangerous out here, man. And that's why you know the growth of me uh, when I'm building. Is I've had I've had failures, but it was nothing for me to bounce back, dust myself off, and get right back to it because we're so accustomed to doing just that. So that that's that's probably one of the biggest things I would say to guys coming in is just find that find that passion, that love that made you feel however you felt that pick, that catch, that tackle coming out the end zone, whatever it is, you find something to make you feel like that just a little bit, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's facts. I appreciate you, Sean. Everybody, Sean That's Merriman. Up, once man. again, you guys can go on his page. He's got a bunch of pages. He's got three pages: Lights Out MMA. He's got Lights Out Insurance, and he's got Sean Merriman on his Instagram. So you guys sign him up and go on Fubu. If you're gonna do it, sign him up. If you're gonna do it, guys, go on Fubu and download that. So he has his next upcoming fight. You guys can can see that and tune in because of some great stuff he has going on. Sean, I appreciate you, man. Definitely, no doubt. Thank bro. you. You got it, fellas, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.